Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another insightful episode of the Digital Docking Show, where we deep dive into topics sharing the modern workplaces. I am your host for today, and my name is Pratyush, and it's my pleasure to host our guest, Ayon Majumdar. In today's episode, we'll explore the importance of HR technology in post-merger integration and a step-by-step guide. So without any further delay, let me share more about our guest for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ayon is a distinguished senior director at the General Assembly, known for his exceptional leadership expertise in the realm of education and technology. With a strong academic background and a proven track record, Ayon has consistently demonstrated his commitment to driving positive change and innovation. Leading the way in education, Ayan's role at the General Assembly has allowed him to shape the organization's vision and strategy. With his deep understanding of technology and its transformative potential, still role in developing cutting-edge education programs that equip individuals with skills needed to thrive in the digital age. We're really excited to have you, Ayan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pratush. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And we are all set for a very interesting conversation, ladies and gentlemen. We have a power-packed set of questions that we're going to ask on today. And believe it or not, we have a round of rapid fire coming for you as well, asking some of the questions and putting you on the spot to see that how Ion takes them. So to start with, why don't you tell us about yourself and your experience at the General Assembly? Sure. So I think if I have to start talking about General Assembly, I probably have to step back way into my career. And it was sort of after I did my engineering and management education from India that I started with a large technology services company in India in a in a very niche sort of global HR compliance role within the HR function. And then I moved to financial services subsequently into a HR consulting role at a big four. But from there, I moved to the education industry. And that was about 12 years ago now. And during that time, I've held several roles within, within COE functions within HR, reward talent and performance management, HR, M&A, technology and transformation, and also HR business partnering, but specifically within General Assembly. And General Assembly is not the General Assembly of United Nations, let me clarify, but jokes aside, I mean, at General Assembly, I wear two hats. So I head up performance and reward management, and I lead on HR technology and transformation as well. General Assembly, of course, is, is, a, is a large organization that's spread across about seven odd countries. And relative to the HR technology and transformation role that I believe we're going to speak about extensively today, I lead on all HR strategic initiatives within GA that deal with augmenting employee experience by either the adoption of newer technologies or by improving HR maturity model or HR delivery model with the use of people or technology. I think that's that's essentially my remit within General Assembly. Pratish. Thanks, Ayon. That looks very interesting. Starting from India and now in London, starting with consulting and going to educational site, that, that's one of a journey, Ayon, and I'm sure there's more that you can share. But very interesting that you've mentioned that how, how you're augmenting the end user experience journey. I think back when we started, technology was five years old when you were looking for having an employee, then enhancing the experience and now augmenting it. So lovely, lovely. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure we'll learn more as we go. So I on follow up to that is that how do you envision new HR technologies enhancing the way we manage employee performance and what specific benefits do you see it bringing in? So I think I see it sort of happening in several different ways, but first up, I think it makes performance management as a program or a practice within the organization far more objective and data driven. So for example, an HR performance management platform could track 
by itself or by interfacing with say a sales performance management system or a consumer relationship management system or a CRM system in terms of how much of sales and opportunities a sales employee is really creating or how many customer tickets they have really closed. So all of this data can be fed directly into the HR's performance management program or the performance management platform that can analyze and identify top performers straight away and really quickly. I mean, you don't need to go through like year-end processes that used to exist in the past to be able to do that. It's now in moment and much more quicker. I think essentially new technologies within HR are, I mean, can analyze large amounts of data about employee performance, goals, tasks, accomplishments, and can actually work to work for you to create far more objective and accurate performance reviews. I think secondly, I believe it makes performance management far more timely and continuous as well, as well which is extremely important. For example, a manager could use the performance management app. And these days, when you look at performance management applications, a lot of companies are developing these applications with a mobile first focus rather than a desktop focus. So with technologies like this available on your mobile, a manager could use the performance management app to quickly send a message to an employee with a, say, a praise or say a constructive feedback. But if you look a few years back, traditional performance reviews were often conducted once in a year were too infrequent to track employee progress and the identification of areas of improvement, essentially. But as we are sort of moving forward, as we are seeing new technologies enabling performance management, the process of evaluation or the assessment of an employee on not just the what part of it, but the how part of it has become much more continuous in the way it is followed. And the entire essence of of a performance management process is now far more forward-looking than what it was in the past. I think the whole performance management experience is also something that can be personalized with the use of technology. So new HR technologies can be used to create personalized performance plans, personalized learning plans, and that can help employees to focus on their strengths, improve on their areas of improvement, and can the employee and the organization and the manager to really set their goals and provide them resources to support the achievement and accomplishment of those goals as well. Interesting, Aaron. I think thanks for sharing that. And technology surely has moved and so has the experience of having the reviews back in, in the in the rooms, in the conference rooms, and now having it on the palm of your hand. It's changed completely on how do you see someone going. And while you were mentioning about about your Salesforce pipeline getting into your performance tool, I was thinking, how does my pipeline look like? And exactly. what my manager is going to say, but joke apart. But yeah, I'm sure I think that that has moved substantially fast and where it is. And Everybody loves to be appreciated and greeted on what they do. And if you have a tool to track that, nothing like it. You can always do And With new tools, of course, now a lot of underlying applications, but tools like this adoption and more, of course, gets that very personalized training for you based on what you want to learn, how you want to learn. So the product adoption also stays there while you're investing heavily on these underlying applications. Very interesting, Ayan. Thanks for sharing that. So, Yang, can you provide me an example of a successful integration of a formal manual system after a merger? And how did it contribute to a cohesive post-merger culture? Yeah, I think I can probably reflect on a situation where I was kind of involved in it a few years ago. So a few years mm-hmm. ago, I mean, and that was with my previous organization. And I'm going to say that's about a good five, seven years ago that I was working on a post-merger integration of two companies. And I was actually leading it from the perspective of the acquirer. 
while my role was to sort of integrate the acquired company into our fold. And the two companies mm-hmm. had different performance management systems, framework, style, and we needed to integrate them into a single system that would be sort of fair, effective for all employees as well. The critical element was that the two organizations were coming from very different cultural backgrounds as well. So where I started off was actually to identify the strengths and weaknesses of each of the individual systems. So we, and when I say we, I mean, I'm talking essentially about the, the team that led this work from the start, from the front, and I was kind of leading on this effort and a couple of other efforts on the different HR work streams of post-merger integration. So this was one of those. And we consulted the leadership and employees from both organizations to get their feedback. So after sort of carefully considering all of that feedback, I decided to create a new performance management system that was not the one of the acquiring company. And that wasn't the one of the acquired company as well, but kind of incorporated the best features of both. Unfortunately, the acquired company here in this case had far more robust systems or processes and that that actually helped us to incorporate some of those best practices also into the fold of this new framework that we were coming up with. What I ended up creating in the process was, I believe, far more objective, data-driven, and technology-supported. And it provided employees with more regular feedback as well. The new system sort of helped to create a far more cohesive post-acquisition culture by bringing some of the teams that were core to the value chain together. Therefore, sort of ensuring that all employees were assessed using the same yardstick of performance expectations, and they were provided forward-looking feedback on similar competencies and similar behavioral expectations as well. So that was, I think, critical in bringing those two organizations culturally on a similar sort of a pedestal and a a playing field. Yeah, looks very fascinating to hear, Ayan. I'm sure it would be much more complex than to deal with. Considering that when you are in a post-merger scenarios, the business case needs to be very strong on why you don't need the systems of the acquiring company and the acquired company and why you need to invest again because organizations have already spent a lot in buying or purchasing or merging a company. Interesting. And I really loved on how you have created a feedback mechanism of which looks like future-driven rather than what you have done. So the yardsticks are becomes very essential. Very interesting on, on how do you do so and how have you done that in the past. So, and why you did so, what are your biggest challenges you're facing in your role business right now and how are you tackling with it? I think at General Assembly, the the challenges are slightly different. I believe at General Assembly, specifically over the years, and it's just about a 10-year-old organization, the changes in personnel and leadership and, of course, the holding companies over the years meant that when I walked into my role at General Assembly about, I'm going to say two years ago, I saw plethora of HR platforms and solutions that serve their purpose on sort of a standalone basis, but did not quite cater to the employee requirements and create like an employee experience that the employee really deserved. So creating a technology architecture within HR that used sort of the best of the breed solutions that we had, at the same time integrated different solutions together easily enough to create that seamless consumer-grade experience was, Mm -hmm. I think, or still is, I'm going to say, a big challenge. And I'm not going to say that we have solved for the problem already. It's a journey that we are trying to overcome. And Mm -hmm. 
these some of these challenges even remain today. So it is important to I think the solution lies in the fact important to have a very and your organization's needs are. And what are those most important HR processes that you need to sort of bring together, seamlessly automate or improve? And what are those pain points that you are trying to solve for the employees? Once you've understood that bit, I think you can start by evaluating different solutions, but that identifying and, and then acknowledging that bit is critical to everything that follows. So at this yeah. point, what we have essentially done is to, to consider the integration capabilities of the different solutions that we also have. Because if you do not, if, if some of the solutions that we have today act in their ability to integrate to a seamless human resource technology architecture, then that creates further problems for you. In that case, you have to consider adopting a new technology, which would essentially require more investment, more time, more money, more training, everything else, right? So I think considering and, and taking into account what are the integration capabilities of different solutions that you have already is going to go a long way in, in building that, that seamless architecture that you intend to for our employees. And finally, I think when we're doing the implementation, I think the implementation of this new architecture is only going to be successful, as successful as your, as your implementation plan really is. And that implementation plan has to encompass training employees and educating employees on the use of new systems, as well as providing support as, as they transition to those new systems. Or in this case, for instance, where we are not probably adopting a new system, but essentially moving that into a new seamless architecture. How do you kind of ensure that employees are able to navigate through this much more easily? That's a positive experience for them through this transition. Eventually, yeah. I think it's important to remember that the solution that you're providing to the employee is only as good as your implementation capability really is. So you need a strong roadmap and a strong implementation plan. And that plan, like I said, has to incorporate elements around educating employees on usage of new systems, providing support as they transition to the new design, educating about what kind of architecture is in place. And then you also need to monitor its effectiveness and make adjustments as you go along the way as well. I think if you followed this approach, then I think adopting or moving to a new technology architecture within HR, using the best of the breed solutions that you, that you already have, or in this case, we have as well, I think should be fairly navigable. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. I think super helpful. And to one key takeaway for me that was educating your employees. I think a lot of time what people or companies forget in real buying some of the best transformative tools for them is that at the end, it's all about employee. If they are not satisfied on the underlying application, uh, I'm trusted. And I think that's where the 3W story comes into action, knowing that what you have in backyard, understanding that why you bought that at the first place when you bought that and knowing then for whom you bought that. So if you know that what, why, and whom, then I think your your architecture can be smartly designed. And then you know that you're not investing or buying similar applications for the work that has to be done. And then struggling with the procurement on, hey, we have a tool, why do you need a new tool, et cetera. And of course, you are the CEO of the project that you run through. And if the project plans are not as strong as they should be, the struggles will come. And ultimately, the next project that you get into, you'll always have that experiences that you never wanted to. So really good. And I think I am thanks for sharing that. So Ion, as technology continues to evolve, how do you stay ahead of the curve in aligning performance management practice with the latest tools and trends? 
I think staying ahead of the curve really involves a combination of a few things. And I, in my sort of day-to-day approach, try and do a few things as much as possible. So one is, I think, proactive research. I think proactive research followed by continuous learning and experimenting is what I would say is the key here. What I typically engage in is that I try and stay informed about the latest advancements within the field of HR technology and performance management, of course, as well, through industry publications, webinars, conferences, conversations hosted by you and your peer group firms as well. I try to invest in professional development for myself and my HR team as well, which actually, to be absolutely honest with you, is almost like a surefire way to ensure that I'm up to date with emerging trends because I can't fulfill the learning requirements of my own team so long as I'm not aware of the requirements myself and the emerging trends myself. So it's, like I said, a surefire way of actually ensuring that I'm on top of these things. I often connect with peers within the HR field and participate in industry forums, associations, and and social media groups. And oftentimes, I think sharing experiences and best practices can can really provide valuable insight. So I think that's key as well. While you're you're looking outside, while we're looking outwards, one of the critical ways sometimes people forget is also to look inwards and perhaps collaborate departments in your organization and understand what their technology requirements are and explore the synergies that can be really used to enhance performance management experience and improve productivity. For example, I mean, we we spoke about uh, SPM and CRM initially, right, in the conversation. And one way to really improve your performance management program efficiency is to be able to integrate your performance management framework and when I say your, I really mean the HR functions performance management framework that it runs for the whole organization, integrate very seamlessly with the SPM and the CRM tools that the organization has deployed as well. So sometimes the answer is also within the organization. You do not need to really necessarily look outwards all the time. But I think at the end of the day, I want to underscore the fact that building relationships with HR technology partners like yourself provides insights into upcoming features and trends that impact that eventually impact HR technology strategy for organizations like us. So that that also goes a long way. And I think lastly, I think I cannot underscore this point more than or how often it has been said these days. I think everyone today has to benefit from the advent of artificial intelligence or, or machine learning. I mean, exploring how AI data analytics can be integrated into performance management, which is such yeah. a data-driven in, intensive process for the organization could be a key differentiator. And while you do that, I think always my suggestion would be to always look for tools that offer the flexibility and adaptability so that your performance management practices can evolve alongside your organizational needs as the industry around you also sort of grows and and improves as well. Yeah, no, 100%. I think AI, ML, all of that, you know, who's thought that chat GPT will be there, someone who can give you everything on the tip of your hand. I mean, technology is moving fast than we can ever think of. And, uh, uh, and really interesting. And thanks for validating that we being the partner and the feelings are mutual, Ayan. I think we continue to grow as an organization or as an industry as we partner with people like yourself who can come back and share. And I think based on our understanding, what we have seen with organizations, how are they coming with the challenges that a lot of time if you're not partnering well with the HR ecosystem or in general, there are a lot of things happening in silos, but nothing happening collaboratively, right? So things are not getting married as they should be, but happening somewhere or the other. 
And how can you do that so that if your organization's objective or strategic vision is this, how collaboratively we can work together internally to reach there, I think it's really important. So uh, thanks for sharing, Ayan, and I think that's a very interesting piece that you have touched based on. And that was a lot of interesting knowledge that we are taking care of, Ayan, with you. And we'll take away out of this session, but we'll not let you go as like, we have some fire pack, fire questions for you, Ayan. So buckle up your seat and we'll get you the shots fired. Yeah, let me have a glass of water before that, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. All right. Ready. Great. So now you're all set and buckled up. Here's your first one. And we'll be very quick, Ayon. So first yeah. thing that comes That's to your mind, we'll go for it. Great. So they say behind every successful leader is a great cup of coffee. How many cups of coffees are behind your most brilliant ideas? I will say my motivation is comes from slightly different things. In my case, I think, although my intake of hot beverage, as, as Sheldon Cooper would say it on, on Big Bang Theory, is limited to just two cups in a day. In my case, it's more of number mm -hmm. of hours spent on researching a topic and perhaps the number mm -hmm. of friends and colleagues I speak with that can help me in a particular solution building. That is key for me. So I think more than a cup of coffee, it's somewhere else that I draw my motivations from. Very interesting. And what is what is your go-to beverage for then? You prefer more green teas over coffee? Typically, it's like a cup of coffee in the morning and a cup of tea in the evening. <laughs> All right. That's a good combination to have. Ayan, if leadership was a superhero, which superhero would you be and why? Are you more of a Captain Marvel or a Professor X? Well, I wish I could pull other people's minds like Charles Xavier, especially some of my most difficult, I would say, business colleague counterparts. But I think mm -hmm. that aside, I'm going to probably name like a relatively more unknown character like a Hawkeye in Marvel Universe. And that guy has no superpowers, no super strength. He doesn't have the mm -hmm. resources like money and technology like an Iron Man, but he's a great marksman. And what he yeah. does well, really well, is that he just has his eyes on the prize all the time. And that's what makes him an invaluable sort of member for Avengers as well, right? So. Hawkeye, yeah. I have to say, is my superhero character. We'll keep that on the note. Sure, Ayan. So they say all great leaders have a secret talent. What's yours? Can you juggle spreadsheets by tap dancing or there's something else? I have two left feet. I cannot <laughs> at all. But I can show, I can <laughs> show how much you know to while working on this. Probably even give myself a 7 on 10 on both of these skills as well. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. So Ayan, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Can you describe your leadership style using only emojis? Only emojis. So yeah, that's a difficult one. But I think I just used this morning for something. The mm -hmm. handshake emoji actually, I think is a good one. Because I think the mm -hmm. handshake emoji represents collaboration, represents teamwork. And I believe it is important for leaders to bring strong relationships or rather build strong relationships with their team members and across mm -hmm. the organization with other leaders so that the organization that you're creating has a collaborative environment where everyone and every view is valued and sort of respected. But now that I'm now that I'm thinking over it, I think one of the other emojis that I can think of is actually the muscle bicep emoji. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And that I think represents strength and decisiveness, which is a very, very important characteristic for a leader because a leader mm -hmm. often has to make tough decisions and lead the team through difficult times. And I think the combination of the handshake emoji and the bicep emoji is something which kind of depicts the role of a leader very, very 
efficiently. Very interesting choices, Ayman. I fully agree. I thought you'll pick up one with a tree and and the water around and the beaches that you love. You love vacation. Or maybe the, or maybe the <laughs> rolling on the floor, laughing one. Rolling on the floor, laughing is is perfectly mine too. <laughs> All right. So uh, last one, Ayman. What is one piece of advice you'll go give to someone starting out their careers now? Don't be like me. Pick up some good dancing skills. I think the first one that comes to my mind. But jokes aside, I think the point is acquiring skills. I think that's key here. So uh, I think the world of work is constantly evolving, changing, and especially with the advent of technology and the way it's getting incorporated in the way in in everything that we are doing. So it's important for not just a fresh grad. I'm saying, but essentially a leader mm-hmm. as well to be willing to learn and grow and and. accept the use of technology and adapt the use of technology i'm very open to new ideas and feedback all the time and i'm looking for ways to improve my skills and knowledge on a daily basis because the the future of of the of the world of work is one in which everyone needs to possess digital skills yeah. within their areas so i'll say acquire it hone it because that's the only thing that will probably create a competitive edge for you amongst yeah. all your peers Perfect. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, no matter how much we want to talk, here is the end to another episode of Digital Option Show. Uh, tune in next time for more insightful discussions on the future work. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. See you soon.